Hello everyone, my name is Yuras. I hope you are enjoying your day, your morning, your evening. This is the Weeknight Mysteries, I would say, podcast. If Is it a podcast? I have no idea what this is. We're just doing YouTube videos right now. A mixture of both. Yeah, a mixture of both. Let's call it a podcast for the sake of it. Yeah. How are you, Rain? I'm feeling completely okay, as always. How are you? I'm feeling okay. Um, today we have a new case that mm -hmm. we want to bring up some awareness to. And I've been actually really trying so hard to crack yeah. this one. And you know, you've mm -hmm. seen me. I was trying to crack you've this one. You've been researching this for days. For days. And it was difficult. We're going to be talking about the Marissa Carmichael's disappearance. Marissa Carmichael is a 25-year-old mother of five she has been missing since january 14th of this year it's a fairly recent case um i have some information that i want to bring up um as always i want to take your get your take um do you what what do you recall about this one uh generally about the case I just vaguely remember a news uh, video from YouTube mm -hmm. wherein she was reported that um, she was having a night out in a city or in a town beside her hometown or like close to it. Yeah, I think I, that's one of the details that I wasn't able to kind of clear cut verify, but let's just kind of jump into the details and I'll tell you more about it. Mm -hmm. So a 25-year-old mother made a distressed call to 911 before she vanished in Greensboro, North Carolina, and police are asking for the public's help in locating her. Marissa Carmichael was last seen in the early hours of Sunday, January 14, at the Exxon gas station on 801 East Market Street in Greensboro, according to law enforcement. Additional physical description of Marissa is that she is described as a 5'4 female and is approximately 260 pounds with long black and blonde braids. She also has a heart tattoo on her face and a butterfly near her eye and was wearing a white Tweety Bird t-shirt, blue jeans and yellow sneakers when she was last seen. The circumstances of her disappearance were such that Marissa Carmichael called 911 around 3.45 a.m. in the morning hours on the day that she disappeared. Marissa stated that she is stranded and a male has her purse and phone and she has no way to get anywhere and doesn't know where she is. According to, nine, to the 911 record of the call obtained by NBC News, when Greensboro police responded to the scene around 40 minutes later, the store clerk claimed that Marissa had already gotten a ride from another customer. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of complicated and seems a little bit confusing at first. I want to play the 911 call that uh, Marissa made. Um to law enforcement. This is from 3.45 a.m. on January 14th, in the early morning hours of Sunday. So, listen in. 
Guilford Metro 911, what's the address of your emergency? I'm Miss Mel. I needed to contact to the non-emergency number. It comes into the same center. I can try to help you while I have you on the phone, and I can give you okay, the Okay, yes. I just got, I don't know where I am in Greensboro. I just got all my stuff throughout the car. He took off with my phone. I have no clue where I'm at. I have no numbers, Are no you nothing. East? Are you at a business? Are you hurt and needed an ambulance? No, I'm not. But, I mean, like, he told me to come into the store and grab some shit and, like, took off on me. And I don't know where I'm at. I'm in the middle of Greensboro. He took my phone. I don't have my phone. That's not going to help my problem, though, ma'am. I'm stuck all the way in Greensboro, and I don't know where I'm at. Okay, you just told me you're at the next time. Yes. But in order for me to get back home, I don't have any of my contacts. Okay, I'm going to send an officer out there to see if they can help you in any way. Okay. All right, they'll be there as soon as possible. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. So from the 911 call, we can at least... As you can recall, Irene, mm-hmm. Marissa seemed slightly intoxicated. Yeah, she was slurring a little bit. Yeah, so I would be under the assumption that she was, to some extent, also intoxicated, which kind of adds uh, danger to the situation, because we don't know if Marissa was, uh, what was her mind state. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, jumping back to the, the additional details about the case... Marissa Carmichael is a resident of High Point, North Carolina, which is approximately 25 minutes south of Greensboro, where she was last seen and was reported missing on Sunday afternoon by Sarah K. Carmichael, who has identified herself to local media as Marissa's mother. Marissa is a mother of five children and has not been heard from since. So, generally let's kind of unpack what Mm -hmm. we have with Marissa's case. We have a woman who was, according to how the media described it, she was last seen, um, or sorry, she was last heard, uh, she was last heard from uh, Greensboro. Greensboro, and the media kind of described it at first that she made a 911 call from the Exxon Mobile gas station. That's like the last time we know she was heard from again. Mm-hmm. But according to an additional timeline that I was able to also find uh, that came from solvethecase.org, and this is the website that I'm using for this podcast, for mm-hmm. this research, mm-hmm. because the other kind of media outlets and Facebook groups, it's really kind of hard to piece together information and it was just way too difficult for me this weekend. I couldn't do it. So would you say that there's a bunch of information, like different kinds? A lot, a lot of different kind of information, even to the point where I want to kind of plug the GoFundMe Mm -hmm. for this case and I found even two separate GoFundMe pages. 
So I think I'm gonna still try to verify which of the GoFundMe pages is actually legit because I feel like one of them might be a fake one. Mm-hmm. And there has been some weird stuff on Facebook where I found that some people were claiming to be Marissa Carmichael and they were asking for donations for money. So I think there's a lot of people that are trying to abuse yeah. this case. On top of that, one of the uh, Facebook groups that I've joined for Marissa Carmichael, it seems like there is a lot of um, some sort of drama happening there. And before you even join the group, they will ask you, do you understand that this is about Marissa, not about drama? And it's like a... Oh, so... There's a lot of drama involved in this case then. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of drama involved in the case. Mm. It's just a bizarre case, I'm not going to lie, like true and true. It's just so so hard to kind of comprehend what's happening here. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of people involved and a lot of people trying to get involved. Yeah, exactly. Um, Now, I would like to kind of jump to the timeline according to solvethecase.org because I think this timeline will kind of shine a little bit of a picture for us so it all started on saturday evening at around 11 30 p.m when marissa went with a friend to 117 sofa bar and lounge in 117 north green street greensboro north carolina so it's just a club um 117 sofa bar and lounge Then, at around 3.38 a.m., now on January 14th, so the following day, Marissa left 117 with a friend and went to a house party where the bar, uh, when the bar closed. A 911 caller reported drugs, guns, and suspicious activity at the house party at 444 Goro Street. And we have kind of, yeah, the image of the house right here where the the suspicious activity was reported. So I could be completely wrong here, but I was under the assumption that this 444 is actually where Marissa purchased or no i don't know who purchased the airbnb but this was the airbnb where marissa Mm -hmm. and maybe some of the other people involved in that house party were staying because they are all from a different place they are all from high point which is 25 miles south of greensboro so i'm under the assumption that this 444 was the The party place. The party place and the Airbnb where I think Marissa was staying. Mm -hmm. So So was she staying alone or with a friend? I'm not really sure, but I feel like she was probably staying with some people there. She wasn't alone there. Mm -hmm. That that was my assumption. But I could be wrong here. This is just not the information that we have uh, available to us. At least not on the the solvethecase.org website. And it was interesting for me because... Marissa left the 117 sofa bar and lounge at what I don't know like 3 38 a.m. Mm-hmm. and then she went back to this location in uh, 
444 Goral Street, where the, the Airbnb 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 is at. And to me, it seemed that at that Airbnb, someone called 911 from there. From there? Yeah. Wait, I thought Or, she called from the gas station. Yeah, so this is a, di a different call. I I She will make a call from a Exxon gas station like eight minutes later. Because she made her Exxon mobile call that I already kind of played earlier in the, in the podcast at 3.46 a.m. But just eight minutes prior to that, seems like someone called 911 to that Airbnb location because they reported drugs and gun activity, potentially. Wait, how far is it from... How far is the distance between the Airbnb and the gas station? Is it possible to travel there within the span of eight minutes? Oh, this this is actually a very good question, and I do not know the answer. Mm -hmm. So I'm probably gonna try to include this as a edit somehow, in like a the, caption, like a caption or <laughs> something like that. But that's actually a good question. So I don't know if we know who actually called, mm -hmm. but we know what happened next. So the next point in the timeline, as I've said, Marissa made that 911 call from the Exxon gas station. She claims that someone, a man, had shown her stuff out of the vehicle, took her phone, left her stranded, and she was looking to get back home. She was seen on video getting a ride from a spe specific subject who was different from who dropped her off at Exxon. Okay, this is a confusing Wait, so could it be possibly just a random person driving by the gas station and she hitchhiked? Or do you think With, it was... Mm, well, I think I think that that person, at least to some other sources that I cannot verify from YouTube, I think that other person that... Okay, so to explain to our audience what is happening here. So Marissa makes that 911 call that a man mm -hmm. had driven away uh with her phone okay how did she make the call like through the i don't know like maybe uh gas station gas employee? station yeah something, possibly something like that and then later um marissa left the gas station with another man now law enforcement told her that they will arrive there and mm -hmm. see what they can do for her mm -hmm. but she didn't wait for them she's got into a car of another I would say man because I've I kind of know I think I know who this man is but I don't, I don't want to include into the podcast because it's unverified information um, and I think that man was also from the original party at the Airbnb mm -hmm. the same where there was drug activity reported and so the next time point that we have is that At 4 a.m. that night, so around 15 minutes after that Exxon mobile phone call, officers had arrived at the Airbnb party first. Mm -hmm. And they left in 17 minutes. They left at 4.17 a.m. after they had cleared that Airbnb party. And they reported seeing no guns or drugs at that location. After that, three minutes later, they were, I don't know if it's, it was the same police officers 
or different ones, they were already at the Exxon and they talked to the clerk and the clerk told them that uh, Marissa had already left with someone else. And so the next time point that we have is January 14th. And this is where things kind of got super confusing for me. So 27 minutes later, at 4.27 a.m., Marissa tried to contact the first friend she went to the club with using the Facebook account of the person believed to have picked her up from the Exxon gas station. Okay, do you understand what's happening here? I Not quite. Okay, I could try to break it down. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was the first guy who dropped Marissa at the gas station. Mm-hmm. And then he drove away. This was the same guy who threw away all of her stuff. Yeah, okay. exactly. But Marissa somehow found a ride with some other person. Mm-hmm. Guy number two. Guy number two. So at 4.27 a.m., so this is around, I don't know, like sometime that she had already left the Exxon gas station, she used the guy number two's Facebook mm-hmm. to get a hold of guy number one who threw, threw her stuff out and yeah. had her phone. Does that Interesting. make sense? Interesting, yeah. Yeah. But why? I get. I guess to kind of get a hold of him, get, get her phone and purse back. That's my assumption. Oh, I see, I see. And then at 5 a.m., Marissa called her father's phone and asked to speak with Using the guy number two's phone, most likely. Yeah, but we have no idea. Mar- I think so. Marissa called her father's phone and asked to speak with a friend that lived with, that lived with them, with her father. Marissa explained what was going on and was trying to get contact information from the person she left the house party with and who still had her phone she was trying to get back so she was trying to identify where is guy number one even at 5 Mm a.m on january 14th which was that sunday and uh if we would go a little bit uh into the timeline then that same day at 4 p.m a missing person report was filed uh Listing location of 117 Sofa Bar Lounge as the last place where she was seen. But we know this is probably not where she was last seen. So this is why I said that I had such a hard time with this case. It's very confusing. It's very confusing. It's very confusing. On on top of that, we have uh, some other YouTube content creators who made some content on this. And they seem to have somehow pinpointed already the people who are basically guy number one and guy number two and mm-hmm. both guy number one and guy number two look pretty suspicious in my opinion yeah guy number two is considered a, a witness by greensboro police but isn't this the the one with a criminal record i heard like some either guy number one or guy number two had a criminal record yes i think it was guy number two mm-hmm. i think it was guy number two if he is the guy number two that we are talking about, that he actually had a criminal record indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty bad. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. Right? 
So Sarah Carmichael, Marissa's mother, who filed that missing persons report, and the rest of Marissa's family, they are devastated. And they believe that her daughter is being held against her will. Police declined commenting on whether they believe foul play is involved, saying it's an ongoing matter, but they urged the public in a statement on February 6 to share any information about Marissa Carmichael's whereabouts and said that they have received limited leads in this case and they were becoming increasingly concerned for her welfare, rightfully so, I think. And uh, according to my information, uh, Marissa is still not found at the time of this recording and um, this is all of the information that that we have right now so it's a very kind of confusing case and uh, I guess what we know is that Marissa decided to have a weekend mm-hmm. out rented some sort of an Airbnb I don't know if she rented it alone or not she went to that uh, 117 uh, sofa lounge club yeah They kind of hanged out there for a little bit um, as the club was shutting down sometime at 3.38 a.m. She left the club with who knows who, but some of her friends had separated, but I don't know where they went, but she left and she went back to an after party. And the after party was happening at what we believe is that Airbnb spot. Mm -hmm. But, But we could be wrong with that Airbnb spot. Now, somehow someone reported a lot of, like, drugs and guns in that location. And when police came, they didn't find any guns and drugs. Now, Marissa, for some reason, happened to be in the gas station, at the Exxon gas station. So maybe they were kind of, I don't know, running out of snacks or something. And maybe the gas station is, like, the only place that works in the evening. So maybe that's why they went there. So they go there, that man, guy number one, seems to have left, took off, left Marissa stranded in basically ExxonMobil. Marissa calls 911, the dispatcher says that, yeah, we'll try to bring something, someone over there. Police arrives 40 minutes later, and they learn that Marissa had already left the gas station with guy number two. And then guy number two... Um, is guy number two is basically now considered a witness Mm -hmm. but he is as we know probably the last person or one of the one of the last people who was actually with Marissa so it's interesting because law enforcement has not provided us any more details on what happened next Mm -hmm. and i've already seen some comments coming from greensboro police department that they're actually not going to release any invest any information that will um uh, potentially jeopardize their investigation Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't even know what to make of it that guy number two is a witness but i don't know i feel like we are definitely not informed enough Mm -hmm. to kind of make any more uh, assumptions assumptions here i guess the idea is that if you are from north carolina from the greenboro area please you know provide information if you've seen marissa carmichael or if you have any other information because the information that we have right now 
very confusing. Um, there's a lot going on, there's a lot of different versions. And it's kind of contradicting, actually, sometimes. Yeah, the information is definitely all over the place. I'm yeah. not going to lie with, with this one. And um, very contradicting. So I guess this was, you know, just us wanting to... I had my eye on this particular case and I wanted to cover it mm -hmm. for a long time. I just didn't expect it to be this confusing. Mm -hmm. And to the point where, yeah, we're raising awareness, but I don't know if... We're helping enough, like... Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what we can do about this. Contributing one. something. Yeah, we, I'm not sure if we're contributing that much to Marissa's case, but I just, you know, I just wanted to kind of talk about it. Yeah, I don't even know if guy number one is actually a friend. Or did they meet at the bar? Yeah, exactly. Like, was she with stranger? And where were her friends at that night? Yeah, exactly. Where are the friends at? Because they left somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Very confusing. A very confusing case, I guess. Uh, just wanted to shed some light on it. Uh, I want to see if I have something else uh, in my notes about this one. Um, so I think the general questions we would be asking here is that who is Marissa communicating with on that day? Who is she talking to? Who is she receiving texts from? And I'm also thinking... Have they ever found her phone? Because they could trace phone data, right? So maybe they were able to find the phone. I don't know. Just these are the questions that are in my head right now about this case. I mean, the whole the whole case is really shady. Yeah. Like the whole area, kind of shady. Kind of shady. Everything that happened that night, really shady. Yeah, I agree. Uh, very, very shady yeah, circumstances. Just, I have a strong feeling that whatever happened to her it's not an accident yeah. just want to like say that out loud yeah exactly and um, the family from some sources claimed that they would think that she was a victim of sex trafficking mm -hmm. uh, but then law enforcement declined to comment on that so yeah that's I guess something also worth considering yeah. she might be potentially a, a victim of sex trafficking or it might be something else foul play yeah, I, I would just like to say that she is a mother of five children. Mm -hmm. And those five children... They need her. They need her. They, they, they miss her. They need her. Her family needs her. And uh, it's just such an unfortunate situation with Marissa's case. You know? Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. But that's uh, kind of where I would like to kind of wrap up this one, mm -hmm. uh, a little shorter one, and we will be uh, looking into some other cases. We'll be back very soon. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will catch you next time. Stay safe and... Uh, and let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. See you. Bye. Bye.